Welcome to a Drop Tent Media Production. What's up? Today on Seriously Dead, one of the dads brought their dad. That's right. My old man, Albert Davis III, is in studio. We talk about life. We talk about divorce. We talk about integrating schools. We talk about religion. We hit it all. Check it out. Seriously Dead. Seriously Dad. Two father comedians out of Philadelphia. Seriously, Dad. Dad. Seriously, Dad. Seriously. Here we are, Seriously, Dad, episode thirty-seven, and we have a very special guest that I'm going to let Albert introduce. We have today. a first here in the in the studio. Uh-oh. Seriously, Dad. This is my Seriously Dad. This is my I, my old man. Seriously, I am actually dad. Dad. Seriously, my dad. <laughs> I am the actual dad. <laughs> there you go. This is Al. Al do you like Al or Albert? You know, this is you're starting right off. Right <laughs> Have you guys just met? Difficult area. Because I hate I, Al. People call me Al. I, I don't. I don't like either of them. I don't like, <laughs> yeah, I I don't, I don't hate either. the whole name. Let's <laughs> reconstruct. Um, so we'll call you Big Al. Okay, Big nice. Al the Third. <laughs> Albert Davis the Third. That's my old man right there. That's yeah, crazy. Kind of look like me. I can't see you on the thing. Well, I've heard yeah. all of the jokes, so I want to <laughs> see how much is embellishment and how much is real. Oh, oh no, his his stories are true. Completely. <laughs> true I, there is some embellishment there is some embellishment but i uh, pretty, uh wow. I, think pretty I don't know where have you did this. he run does has he run his jokes by you no he, he didn't the first time i heard it, I, he said my dad's here and i got so i mean he may have given me a little hint but he, my, he my mom had it my mom had a it. feeling how did you feel the first time you heard it he was crying you can hear i can hear oh. you and what my listeners oh, i can it, hear it, you it laughing good. specifically it was great yeah. yeah, because for me as a father, it's like wanting him to really understand kind of where he comes from, and and he's kind of nailing it. He's understanding it, and 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 that's that's that's, that's sweet. Yeah, thing. my my mom had the same feeling. She's like, she she you can tell there's a little bit of like ah, like in like you felt of pineapple moments of this invasion yeah, yeah, of yeah. privacy but at the same time it's like it is because that's really what it is i think we're trying to be relatable yeah. moments that everybody understands even though it was something specific maybe to you but yeah. it's really representative of what oh, we're all have that shit. yeah and it's like you, you know who you are you know yeah it's like you, you finally come to grips with like what was really going on in your world and your parents yeah. world so yeah you know he yeah, i think you're a fan of my comedy Oh heck yeah. yeah! Yeah, yeah, that's good. Thank God. Thank God. No, I love it. No, I, 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 we get on. No, he, I love, I love to laugh, and and we get conversations going. He'll say stuff that just cracks me up, and I. I oh, he's great. Yeah, if you're like yeah. in a slump, you can't write any jokes. <laughs> call him on the phone. He'll start laughing and shit. You're like, I'm like, I don't need a whole. You're trying to be funny here. No, that's awesome. Well, well, you had talked about that in previous episodes about the car rides or just moments when you guys would just yeah, be laughing. Yeah, I mean that is. I mean, I, I had the. The most recent memory, we were going up to see my grandfather, Dwayne. Okay. I remember we were listening to like Rodney Dangerfield and all that shit in oh, the yeah. car. Yeah. I remember that because we were laughing hard and just like enjoying it. And, you know, and Vermont's a pretty state. So, you know, and I'll remember that for a while, big fella. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's cool. That's good. Well, we're stuff. glad to have you. Well, yeah. You know, I just came from, uh, this is pretty relevant um, from my 50th high school reunion. Was 50th reunion. How yeah. about it? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I wait for where this is relevant. <laughs> well, okay, the relevant. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, if you saw, there was a lot of. We have a very diverse group of people in my high school. Meaning, there's a lot of you know um, people of color. People of color. You'll get ready. <laughs> a lot of people of color. Okay. And I became very enamored of the women of color there when I was around in maybe seventh grade. He likes, you know, he likes and girl. this is the relevance <laughs> of yes, it is it's true of how because you know that's a light skin mother that's how okay that's how this guy came to me you know this is it how wasn't it was an accident <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've always dreamed of raising light skin. Like, yeah <laughs> i didn't i didn't take it that far you know okay. it's just like wow you know okay so i mean um, in my life though i don't think i've ever <laughs> known you to have like a, a a Caucasian woman in your life. Um, that's pretty much been the case. Yeah, I'm going back. I had, I, 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 I kind of, I've, I've, I've pretty much can very consistent in, uh, yeah. In well, my, you always my, tell me, sorry, your, your school, your school women. was one of the first schools to like integrate, right? That, well, that, that was the thing. So we were in, you know, the, this is historical stuff. The uh, Supreme Court of the United States said 
separate is not equal. And then we're talking about schools. And so they said, you have to integrate the schools. I think our town was like the only town that got that memo and and felt they had to take it seriously. (laughs) All the other towns were like, hey, we're not we're not doing that. You know, we're going to stay okay. Our town said, no, no, we got to do this. And we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going we're gonna to put the kids in buses and we're going to send them all over the place so that we'll be all mixed together. And it was one big, gigantic, like social experiment, really, because yeah. nobody yeah. knew what that was going to mean or do. And it, it, it had a different effect on, on every, everybody in different ways. You know, like some people, like my older brother got in because he was a little older and he was with bigger kids and they got into fights and stuff like that. And he became bitter about racial things. Um, maybe now, it was no, the opposite no, way. No, I was no, like, no, oh, wow. Hey, what's up? You know, I don't know. This it's is like the real scene of Remember the Titans. Because yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was like an integral yeah, yeah, part of yeah, the movie. Exactly, was yeah. them integrating and sort of the characters each interpreting how they were going to. And then if it took some of them longer to come around, some never came around. And I thought that did a, a did it justice to how could you put in a tiny capsule? Because we're, you know, Neil and I were talking before the show, like people are consuming media in such small bits oh, that yeah. you got to pack a punch so quickly mm. to make so how do we take what what is really a long and historical story and make an impact in in today's world and you know and whoever produced that scene and remember the titans found a way to kind of capture what you're saying and put it into action so kids today and people today can kind of really understand because i think that's the thing i mean the term now is critical race theory being thrown around yeah. have you heard this term oh, so yeah. like the concept of whether we're teaching stuff and teaching the past and what it really was and you know it's a hot button issue that's but a, see, i've never known what that's what critical race theory so it's is, really well i mean accurately that's not necessarily true and i don't want to get into the weeds in it <laughs> yeah but the hey, theme of it is is really are we talking about race are we talking about the you know the history and according to whom and it gets very in the weeds but i think yes, it's a big the deal. approach of what what you know, I'm hearing here is I, I want to hear about what it was really like from someone who was really uh, experiencing it at the time. And I think what's getting convoluted now is people are people want to be offended. So they're just waiting for someone yeah. to say the wrong thing oh. or something that they can twist or that turn they can out just of context and out of shape over. Because, you know, at the end of the day, I'm teaching Spanish and Latin in my classes. I'm not. Ta- and, but we talk about slavery in Roman times, but slavery in Roman times wasn't based on a race necessarily. I mean, you could argue that after the Greeks, they were enslaving Greeks uh, and, and things of that nature. But, um, you know, it's a different version and it's hard to tiptoe sometimes. I feel like as a teacher, because yeah. of all of that stuff, I have to tiptoe around stuff instead of being able to speak openly about yeah. really? my own understanding. I didn't know. I, so the difference before we, I don't want to get away from, but like, so they won't. So teaching about chattel slavery in the U.S. is like weird to talk about. Versus- I don't know. I mean, it might be my own personal hiccups. Oh, okay. It might be my own personal like. <laughs> I was asking. Yeah, no, I think it's just my own personal like. No, there isn't nobody's telling me one way to do or not to right. do, and that's the problem because you get the you know someone who's only half listening to you in class, and they take that. It's uh, like the food chain. Like you don't get the same nutrients down the mm-hmm. line. So if they're like whisper down the lane and they're like only paying attention to half of it, yeah, I get very concerned that people are only hearing things out of context. Right, and then and then you know I don't you know it's to me it's not worth it to lose my job. I'd rather sure. just not. Oh, yeah, yeah. But now you're saying, well, now I'm not going to teach them right. the full lesson of stuff because I'm afraid. But hey, if it comes down to feeding my own kids versus empowering a nation unfortunately i'm gonna choose feeding my kids <laughs> <You know. laughs> so, yeah and it is that's kind of a you know self-preservation is a factor for, for for everyone um because you're a school teacher i was gonna i'm gonna mention like some of the impacts when when we went to these other schools first of all the, the first school i was in was kind of in more lily white neighborhood oh we have a few middle class black kids sprinkled in and it was very pleasant and nice. When we went to fifth grade, what happened was they had kids, they had middle-class black kids, middle-class white kids, and poor black kids all got mixed in together. And nobody told us anything. Now, I only learned this 35 years later when at, a, at a previous reunion when I was talking to some of the 
my other friends, the black kids that we were there, and they said, oh, no, I w- we were getting into fights with the kids from the West End also. We didn't like them either. We had lawns and lawnmowers and cars in our yards. We weren't the, we weren't the poor kids. They were, and they came and they were fighting. They were the poor kids. The way they interpret all this, it, it, I, this, it was like turf battle, and they were getting to fights. And my my fifth and sixth grade, it felt to me like every single day there was a, a fight broke out in class, and it seemed like every male, with myself being the only exception, had a fight with every other male in the class throughout the course of the year. Like it had to, ha- it almost had to happen. Well, you, why, so why if you do the math that? on that, and you got like fifteen boys and each one has to pair up that's a lot of fights well when they when they when they when they (laughs) started when 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 before that your school was pretty much all white kids mostly okay and then black kids started showing up and then was it actually right off the word go it was just like beef no we're fighting first of all they they took us to a different school i got on a school bus i was bused across town then the bus ride was fun by the way um, so we went to another school and yeah, and there was just beefs, beefs, beefs. It was chaotic. And then the teachers, there was a rollover of teachers, the good teachers, the older teachers, they, they, they left for, for greener pastures. They didn't want to be part of this. And, and then the they brought in the, <laughs> the inexperienced teachers who didn't know how to control classrooms. Mm-hmm. You had some good teachers that stayed. Mrs. Archer was one, you know, that I remember very well. But we also had these inexperienced teachers. And then, and I realized, because I, I was a good student, that they were not teaching as well as the experienced teachers, and they couldn't control the classroom. So I was like, we're not getting the same. You know, one thing is true, like from my perspective, I was the quality of the academic part dropped. Yeah, it's hard. Drop. I mean, even within the city of Philadelphia, they've done uh, great work to try to get some of the best teachers in. And so what they often do is they'll do like, you know, loan forgiveness if you spend so many years in the inner cities working. So they're trying to get people in there uh, and and give incentive uh, for the ones who are trained properly to come in and use those. Because if you can't control a classroom, there's no academics happening. You know what I mean? That's that's the thing I noticed. I I personally went to like six different school districts. And I remember going to a public school my junior year and just saying, wow, like after having been in Catholic school for so many years. Oh, yeah. You're like, like, wow, they let them hang from the chandeliers like this. Like it just like there was nothing happening in the class because the teacher had just thrown up the white flag and was like, you know what? I'm going to sit here and read the paper. But by the time, by the time you went from fifth grade to like your senior year, it had to be drastically different because there's a number of years gone by. Yeah, thank you, thank you. For and that then by the time you were senior, shit was cool. Well, there was a total demographic shift. So, and and it's because white people of means migrated out of the town for surrounding towns that were more what they wanted and envisioned their children going to school, but not obviously not all parents. And mine were in the, the category of the ones that kept their kids in the school. And part of that was because of their political outlook. And other part of it was, is my parents were secretly cheating on each other. <laughs> and, and they, they weren't, they and they weren't planning on staying together. <laughs> so why the hell would they move to another town and oh, reestablish themselves when they were just they were just trying to hang in there till I got to end of high school and which the, which point they announced that they're we're going done. their separate ways. Wow. Yeah. Yo, so they didn't have any right? stay together so, for the kids. That's yeah, the example. And and they did. And I'm, I'm you know I I was thinking about that as a reunion thing. Like they gave me that stability, you know, because I was able to stay through my whole entire high school year. As cuckoo and crazy as it was, because the demographic shift that happened was we went to like 95% black and brown and like a handful of white kids were left in the school by the time. Oh, so by the time you were a senior, you were the minority. Oh, we were way in the minority. Wow. Way, way in the minority. Wow. It was so, it was such that like, you know, in your high school, well, if you have a medium sized high school, you hang out mostly with people in your age, in your, in your class. We had so few people in our class that we were hanging out with the freshmen, the sophomores, the juniors, and the seniors, because that's how all you the could white get kid, all the white if kids. you had a party with white, you know, white kids. And it was still, for the most part, segregated socially, yeah. you know, with me being a, an exception, you know, occasionally I would cross those you were lines. The chameleon of I, 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 would cro- I did date 
but yeah, we know women in by. high school. Yeah, 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 yeah not the ones I wanted necessarily, but I, <laughs> I didn't. Okay, what is yeah. that? So no, 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 that's no, good. no. Hey, we've all been there. You <laughs> know, but you know, you take what you can get. You know. So anyway, um, I digress. But the the demographic shift was was a, it was it was very pronounced, and that's why my friends to this day are in, in different grades than I am. Oh, Chris, some of them are older. Oh, and other and nice. other, they're in two years ahead of me, one year ahead of me, and two years behind me. Now, when you were when you were whatever dad, whatever you call it, dabbling or crossing, <laughs> when you were going and you were you, hanging out with the black girls and stuff, were your like white buddies doing the same thing, or they're like, no, well, no, it was like, still. And did they think you were like you didn't do you you didn't do it, it wasn't thing you, you were you like the guy from the Bronx Tale. You're, yeah, you're, yeah, but your your desire had to over supersede your the social pressure against it yeah. which in my case it, it, your horniness it, had to be up here you had to have high your and horniness your, had to be your, way and your social awareness had to be down here <laughs> and then you could cross and did they ever give you shit were they ever like what's up with you oh what's no 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 i didn't know no they didn't do that they didn't do that it was kind of like no they it was it was okay they and they kind of said like al's a little different you know and that's okay that's and, what we say <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> about upper <laughs> No, that's. I, mean, I think that's. I, I, it's good to hear that. It's interesting to hear that because I think when we think about it, and, and people who don't have experience with being around people of different races or different whatever, I think there's this feeling like there's going to be something said. Because I think every. But in reality, I think sometimes things just happen, or things are just people are like, you know, I got my own life. I'm not going to be worried about what what Al's doing what, over who here. Who he's going out with? Yeah. That's his choice. Um, so I think sometimes people get caught up in what they perceive, think, or people think are going to oh. say about them. But in reality, we're all living our own lives. Like, uh, you is know, that we're called, all doing Is that called thing. spotlight syndrome? Is that what that's called? Mm, where you think everything, you think everyone's oh. paying attention to what you're doing? It's like narcissism. No, but, yeah, but I think you're right. But really, it's like, I don't give a fuck. I got all this stuff I got to worry about. My, my parents are cheating on each other too. So I, I've got this whole world. I don't care what Al's doing. But I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think that, I mean, heck, I was trying to pull out, this is like a silly thing, but I was trying to pull out of my, my house today and there's a road that I have to get on to get here and I'm sitting there and it's like, nobody would let me out. I'm like, well, nobody pay attention to the fact that I've been sitting here and I'm like, they're driving by. They have no no idea. They have no idea how long I've been sitting here. They got, they got a whole, they're all doing their own thing. Like, and that's really, I think, cause that's what we're talking about. We're talking about, but we get so hyper-focused on whether there was tension or Ooh, or what we've all heard or perceived. We thought about it because we're not really taught about what was happening. We're getting sound bites in movies. We're getting little clips of, we're not really learning about everybody should have to sit down and talk with someone right. like or, this or like, like even if you read it. a book right it depends on who wrote the book is yeah. what information you get right, right. if you get exactly. this you're getting this arthur's arthur's perspective this other so you're not really getting like a full this yeah. these are just straight facts of what happened but you i know for you you like really engulfed yourself in black culture because i remember coming up you telling me all about muhammad ali being your favorite actor mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure james brown is like your favorite musician yeah he, right. like so you were really like in the culture you like really he, yeah. you take al out he's dancing is that he's he's a dancer he's like and i think I, you picked that up from hanging out I, I remember having a discussion with my mother where i would say and, and it was very hard to articulate it but i was basically saying what you're saying it felt like the black kids had a much richer culture than even like the way they spoke or the way they dressed or the way they it just just started the dance and music and everything than than white people and i felt like and, and we emulated in fact one of the things that my white friends and i did was emulate our version of how the black kids would which that's probably coming up on a pineapple moment. <laughs> that, 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 yeah, that's probably yeah. It was, what we year did. We did. We one year. This is fine. This this is not, you didn't do this two thousand No, we did it in, out of and it wasn't. It was affectionate and 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 out of appreciation and 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 yeah, it was an appreciation of what we were. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. No, but no. I, well, sorry, Jacob. I was going to say I think that yeah. I think you're right. Like there, but. It was out of respect, or at least the fact that you were, you know, you, liked it. you were you paying liked tribute it. or yeah, homage yeah. to it. it wasn't a, yeah. In the same way, a kid's going to waggle his bat like Bryce Harper, whoever, yeah. before he takes the plate. Like it's that same, it's that same thing. And I, and I think, you know, to a certain degree, uh, a lot of people do. I mean, they're, I think we're not allowed. I feel like sometimes white kids feel like they can't 
you know, do that or that or. Well, there's a, I, put, I know a lot of white people who think they can. I've yeah. met a lot in my lifetime. Um, yeah. I think that I think it is kind of like, who, who'd you grow up with and what were you doing? You know, yeah. if it's forced. Right. So if you pick up on cultural things that you're forcing to be a part of, that's one thing. But if it's really like who you are, how you came up, I, that's. That's it's just the skill of what it right? is. I mean, yeah. if you like the music and you like somebody sings, then that's it. Right. You know, hey, I like I grew up in the 90s and Emmett Smith was huge and I loved him because he was a great running back. I, I didn't couldn't tell. I mean, yeah, I knew he was black, but like when you have all of the stuff on him, it wasn't like I was looking at the color of his skin. I was looking at how right. well he made those cuts and how much time right. he scored. And, shit. and it was it just was amazing. Good. So it's like I think once we can get to a place and I don't know how long it's going to take or if we'll ever, but if we get to a place where we're just seeing the person for the the thing that we're liking, whether yeah. it is the way mm. uh, when you're talking about the speech, I find that really fascinating because there is as someone who studies language, yeah. like the, the way that someone speaks the vernacular, the, whether it's Ebonics or whatever, it's expressive. There's a really good Ted talk about a girl talking about being trilingual. Uh, and she's really talking about English, but she's talking, it's a spoken word poem. And she talks about how she speaks to her professors at school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She talks about how she speaks to her friends on the block. Mm -hmm. And she talks about how she speaks at home to her immigrant parents. And, and she, in this spoken word, weaves oh. between the three versions of English. And it's so powerful because I think it's hitting on what you're saying is it's, it's almost like a Dr. Seuss or there's something poetic about it. There's something yeah. entrancing, like a good song. Mm. and that's the piece that makes it um so appealing i think you know yeah so so yeah. Now, now, now now that's a good stopping point because we're going to speed up we're, right we're, okay <laughs> we're going to we're going to we're going to advance here a little bit so <clears throat> fast forwarding so then you start a family whoa you did really oh yeah, with, yeah. My, fast, with my with my mother forward, really <laughs> fast man. Yeah. okay <laughs> you start a family with my mother that's true i did right black woman yeah and then you find yourself in harlem usa Yes, Harlem, New York, the the place of the. I mean, that's the hood the of the hood. The deep of the, it doesn't get any more yeah. black culture than that. In so the you, USA, maybe right. Maybe so maybe your original, argue your original town is Plainfield, New Jersey. For those who are trying to get right, us, that right? was so my you, warm up and yeah, my, so, my practice zone. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's so how, you, that's how you I got your open mic in Plainfield, New Jersey, and then your first set is in Harlem. Right, you go to Harlem. Yeah. So what the fuck? Like, how did you get there? How did you feel about it? What was it like? Would you do was it what you thought it was going to be? What it wasn't going to be? Were you intimidated? Were you did you question that move? Like, what happened? It it was it was um it was harder and more. It was a culture. It was a culture shock for me. And the bit I'll tell you the big one. And this ties in with you and 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 the whole Jew Jewish journey. Okay, because when when you and, and your sister were like four years old and six years old or maybe three years old and five years old mom turns to me or I turn to mom. We say, how are we going to, you know, raise these kids? Like meaning what culture are we going to raise them in? And I was like, well, I don't know. I guess we, you know, send them to the public school down, down the road. Right. <laughs> She's like, no, you don't understand. Absolutely. They cannot go to the public school. They will get beaten up. They will get in all kind of trouble. I, I didn't really understand. And I think there are light-skinned kids that go into public schools. But yeah. she meant, no, our kids are not going to the public school in the middle of the inner city because it's not how I, their mom, envisions them getting educated. And she looks at me and she says, why don't we raise them to be Jewish? And I'm like... As you can tell by my first part of my story, I don't, there's no Jewish part in that first part of my story. <laughs> <laughs> I, my mom, really is, my mom is a non-practicing Jew. May she rest in peace. And, and her parents were Jewish in Brooklyn. And we used to go there on weekends once or twice a month. And it was like bagels and cream cheese. And that's what I know. <laughs> you know, that's what I know of Jewish culture at that point in my life. So, I, you know, I mean, you, you, they're part of you, but I mean, if, so I never thought of myself as, as a Jewish person. And so now my black wife in the middle of Harlem, when I have kids are saying, oh, we'll raise them to be Jewish. And I was like, and then it just happened. Like I have to learn I, how to be Jewish. Yeah, <laughs> I went with the flow. I went with the flow yeah. and her, and she is a very, if she's going to do something, it's, it's all it's the gonna way. Happen. It happens, so yeah. we had the Orthodox guys from Crown Heights come to our house 
with blow torches and other stuff. They do something called co- cashering your kitchen. Like every utensil, every pot, every skillet had to be cleansed of the fact that we had not been keeping our dishes separate of milk and meat. Yeah. Yeah. We went all the way, all the the way. way, Yeah. All the way. That'd be like being like, hey, we should raise our kids (laughs) Christian. We'll just like go to church on Christmas. No, we were like, we're going to raise them Jewish and let's burn down down this kitchen because (laughs) because it hasn't been. We held kitchen or hard? Where are we? (laughs) Wait, no, yeah. no, it, it was like it's, we're in Harlem. We're in Harlem, where there were like very few, there were some other Jews in Harlem. There's like too, and that was weird. So my <laughs> so so, mom did research and she found two synagogues in Harlem. One was near Columbia University, almost all white people, and another one was 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 within Harlem, Marcus which had black Jewish people, which was like. You know what? There's black <laughs> Jewish people, and yeah. we went to both of those, and, just, and that became a thing also because the the white Jewish people would not accept the way the black Jewish people were were conducting their yeah ceremonies right. right. and and their practices because the strict way, like on the Sabbath, you can't turn on a light, you can't listen to a radio, That's you right. can't drive a car because you're igniting a flame via yeah. electricity yeah. so that you're just like no you can't do it you just got to walk you're heating your food up the night before and leaving it on a super low flame on your oven so that you don't have to turn on and turn off the oven so i mean it's like rules on rules on rules on rules. how much did you feel like you were learning through this period oh, I, I was learning a lot yeah and the thing about it is in the core of it or the the is that you are forced by the custom to like Friday from Friday night to Saturday night. All you can do is basically hang out with your kids and your family. Yeah. Because that's all that's left to do. I think Kanye West said that Kanye West went on like his rants about you. And he said, one of the things I envy is their ability to put their cell phones down. Yes. Put their tablets down and spend time with their family. And that is one thing I vividly remember. It was like, okay, family time. Like, Okay, we're doing family shit. We weren't like we were just hanging out with our family, which I think was a positive. I remember coming up in that whole thing was uh, uh yeah. yeah, we were like just doing family shit. But when I take everything you just said, that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that there was a decision made to say well, we need to be a family. So whether that means whatever we need to figure out, and that was what I think your mother was get, getting at at that yeah. point was like we just need to do something as a family. And it was funny yesterday. My wife and I went and looked at couches on a date night, and we just were like <laughs> sitting in these like living rooms, like pretending we didn't have kids for a minute. <laughs> and the guy sat down, the showman, and I was waiting for him to start pitching us, but he was talking about like where are we from? And he was just chit-chatting and we were talking about like the importance of like having, I was like, you know, during the pandemic, we were spending so much time in our living rooms together. And he was talking about how, uh, how important family was and how he loved Sundays because Sundays he wasn't a football guy. He he gave his undivided attention to his kids. I didn't realize when we left there, he knew us. It turns out he, his daughter, uh, went to the high school I teach at and she had passed away that her death, she had like gotten oh, a bad God. accident when oh, she God. was a junior in high school. Oh shit. And uh, I'm getting like goosebumps just talking about it, but like uh, her anniversary or death was just two days ago. Oh shit. And so when we left there and he gave me his card, I looked at the name and I'm like, I think that's, and she looked, my wife looked it up and she's like, yeah. And so oh, I have wow. been asking him about his kids and he's been talking. So he's talking about oh, man. his daughter. And I knew, and I'm like, well, it's so powerful. And I'm like, for him to be able to say that, it was probably very cathartic because it was 12 years ago that yeah. she passed. But, I guarantee it's but, still he, fucking but it's so like, much. but it, I'm, I'm sure he's grateful that he was passing those Sundays. Cause we said like, we're not, we don't go to church necessarily since COVID we hadn't gone back to the church mm-hmm. we were going to. And he's like, well, it doesn't matter. He's like, as long as you're dedicating that time, that quality so, time, which I think right? is what your, your, yeah. your, your yeah. wife at the time was getting at was saying like, you know what? It really doesn't matter. Let's just make sure we're setting a standard or tradition for our family. Yeah. That's Stability, a good point. Like what you're, that's a good said. point. Cause she, they pretty much just shook up the dice and threw them down the table. And was like, and we're going black juice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it, you could have said Buddhism and it, it sounds like you would have been like, okay, let's do it. Right. So I probably would have gone along. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It could, she could have said Baptist, which, which her, her mother was very big in the, in the Baptist or Episcopalian church. Right. Yeah, yeah. So we could have gone that route, but it sounds like the Jay said, it was just like, what are we going to do 
to connect the family, keep the family like good and have traditions, et cetera, et cetera, which is what religion does for most That's people right. anyway. And, and I've said, I said this nerdy fact before, but religion's definition is un, unscrupulous conformity, which just means we're like, we're coming together. We're not going to ask questions like, which is how family time should be. Yeah, we're not, yeah. we're not going to ask questions about, you know, whatever. We're just going to enjoy our time together and we're going to make sure we're together. And I think, when you think of it in that way, that's a very endearing thing because that's what family should be. It doesn't matter what kind of trouble you get into. We're going to have your back. That's the part of yeah. that that I think is cool. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a very strong sense of, of community. And what we wound up doing was going to the we, old Broadway, the old Broadway synagogue, which was the, the sort of the and that brought in Columbia University students. That was what was keeping that synagogue. It was old Holocaust survivors. Mm. And Columbia University students, and then and the church one day the in walks the black wife, the white husband who doesn't know anything about being Jewish, and his two <laughs> the one who looks like he should be here has <laughs> yeah. no idea what's and going two, on, and two mixed race kids in a double stroller. <laughs> and and the, but the beautiful part about this story is like they were completely they and the totally welcoming. They accepted and embracing the in a way that my own family. I never. I felt more love from those people. Than, than even my own family. I mean, they were so embracing. One hundred percent. It's crazy. It's crazy because now, like, I'm having a conversation with someone, and it comes up. Oh, you do. Oh, yeah. And I've, I'm kind of like, yeah, and it's like, let it go, right? I talk more about being Jewish on stage than I do like amongst friends or people, right? Yeah. But if it ever comes up, but one thing that that white Jews are really good at is is asking you the questions to make sure you pay like you real okay oh. so did someone convert to, so who married oh. who did you have a bar did you go to Hebrews they, they, they just start throwing these things and it actually annoys me because it's like they're trying to get you out of the circle instead of bring you in this place these these months they didn't know us from a hole in the ground and they were just nice to us yeah they were just cool they were just it was just fucking welcoming cool. ass place, man. Yeah, it was, I will give them that. Yeah, it's like people who say they say they are about something versus and then the being people who about are really about it. it. You know, right. and that's because that because you know I think when you talked earlier about yeah. the family, the white families who moved out, like or didn't have that same rich culture, those are people who are just trying to live the Norman Rockwell style of life, and you know they're just playing the parts because they think this is the parts yeah, that should yeah. be played. Versus really knowing what they want and 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 then doing something about it instead of just playing house for the sake of whatever, much like maybe yeah. your parents were doing, yeah. you know. But well, they were putting on they were putting on a show. They, yeah, they, they definitely were. And that, well, I don't know if we want to digress back. You to can that. go. That's a very interesting thing if you want to talk about that. Well, again, it's kind of a pineapple zone yeah, for yeah. me. <laughs> I, love that we have I don't want to talk about it, but what the hell? Oh, so what they did is they swapped. They swapped husband and wife with another couple oh that happens a bit i think yeah and i you know i was completely clueless about the whole thing it didn't happen like overnight no you know it was like they got divorced that kind of devastated me because i i didn't see it come i really didn't see it coming but, i mean but i knew your brother did right Brett? my he, brother totally saw it coming yeah. and i totally didn't see it coming. is he older or younger older. Than he's you? old oh, okay. which means that they tab dance well enough for you to be fucking oblivious you had no idea yeah. So you meanwhile, were 18 by the time they called it quits? Yeah. Just senior senior high school. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Brad, my my uncle's like angry at them, right? Oh, yeah. And has, yeah. has a mega chip on his shoulder because he knows what's coming. And I was like, my my life is great. Everything's good. I'm begging <laughs> the black the girls kid. in high school. Like, he's just, and, all of, yeah, and then, and then and all of a sudden, like, we're getting to the force. I'm like, what? You know? And I, then will like, I ever oh, see my father is... again? He's like, well, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know why I thought that a divorce would mean I'd never see my father again, but. That of course was oh yeah of course you're gonna see your father again but what 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 got lost was the it was just like the 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 home the household just exploded away into nothing into just it just ex disappeared. What well, yeah, yes, I I heard an ent I read an yeah. interesting fact the other day that by the time you're 18, you've spent nine or by the time your kid is 18, you've spent about 90 percent of the time you're gonna spend with them. Oh, Damn. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's good. probably which which close. maybe which at that point thinking like well if we make it to eighteen then we've given them as that stability 90, for ninety percent yeah. of the time that and yeah. then I heard also heard another stat that the average parent which probably is by today's standard versus then was uh, spends about an hour and twenty to an hour fifty minutes with their kid each day. An hour and twenty. That's considered the gold standard of considering really? they're in school and sleep and activities. Wow. 
But, uh, you know, it's a lot different than even during the pandemic when I'm sure most families were spending a lot more oh, yeah. than 120. So it's going to, I think all of that is, it plays a factor when you think about, well, waiting till you're 18 to do that. Now they've at least done their job as parents. They've created you and now they owe it to you. I think it's an interesting it's concept. Like, it looks like the heavy lifting yeah. has already been done because we got through the first 90. Now it's cruise control, right? Whereas well, like you and like my parents like split really early on because they're like, we're not doing, we're not doing this. You're now how how long did oh did they, before I was I was like eight oh. years old and you guys got divorced. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that, before yeah. we talk about that divorce, yeah. When they what 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 was more challenging or like what fucked you up more that there was a divorce or that there was a divorce and a swap? Well I, I think it was like one wave followed by another wave followed by another that was kind divorce, of divorce the first marriage very embarrassing and it was it was like shame it was like a shame thing. Yeah, I yeah. bet. Yeah. Well, that's why back then, right, too, yeah. especially divorce was such it, a big... It's not like that's not what you would lead with, like, hey, how you doing? I'm Al, you know, by the way, my parents, you know... Sw- yeah. it, it's not like yeah. you want... It wasn't something you were proud of, so See, if you're not proud of it, you're kind of ashamed of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I wouldn't tell people. I wouldn't tell people right. that I was just meeting. I no. mean, why, why even... You know, why, it's like... You break the ice with that one. Well, it's crazy yeah. that it, there is shame around it, given that you have no control over anything. But yes, p- people would be yeah. like, oh, your parents are divorced. Ew. Like they'd be right. like, oh, yeah. there's a problem there. Right. Even just that, like some Stigma. people would not want their child to associate with someone whose parents are divorced because like, well, then maybe you're going to get divorced because yeah. that person, you know, and it's contagious in their history. It's, it's, it's contagious. It's like, and then, and then it's like, it's also like having gay parents, right? It's also like having gay parents, right? That, yeah, that so my thing. parents, probably I don't know how much it, I don't know how much you know about mine. So then, you know, like, so my parents played house and then they got divorced. So they already got divorced. And then they were like, Oh, by the way, my mom, you know, I think decided much sooner than my dad. But then now they're both gay, but they had been in a heterosexual relationship. It's like that was like mega. Like you, I wouldn't want to tell anybody about yeah, it. That's that. a, so you yeah. just don't want to. You're like, it yeah. doesn't concern you. It doesn't affect our relationship. It didn't make my mom's pancakes taste any different. No. So, you know, uh, why? Why bring it up? You know, yeah. Um, yeah. but when you're hiding something like that and you're, you're feeling emotions about that as a person, it like builds. And I think for, for me anyways, the be able to talk about it on stage now, uh, it was super cathartic or even in college meeting yeah. gay straight Alliance clubs where I could go and talk about it. I'm going to, in January, I'm going to be talking to the, uh, it's called the equality club now or equity club. Now it's not called gay straight Alliance, but I'm, I'm going to our middle school and talking and nice. I'm sure it'll come up in some fashion about the way I was raised. Cause I don't want any kids in that position. Cause by the time I was their age, I was hearing all sorts of people say stuff that um, I think hopefully I can offer something there that's consoling or it'll be interesting for them to hear my story mm-hmm. in which I wouldn't have told someone my own age. Oh, back in the time. day. If a kid in 2024, well, let's say whatever you're 23 now, but like, you know, in the future is still making fun of gay parents. We, they just have, yeah. they need to talk to their parents. They, everyone <laughs> yeah, needs to stop and go like, bring in your parents. We're going to talk to them. Well, it's <laughs> what so, year do you think it it's is? It's so yeah, interesting. So I'm doing all this grad work right now. And one of my classes is called family systems. And so in the textbook, it was talking about all the first chapter was breaking down all these families according to the U.S. census and other things. And then what uh, educational law says is a family and everything. And they're giving there's a paragraph. There's a paragraph on same sex marriage. I'm like, I couldn't have imagined there being in a textbook about a family. Oh, God. 30 years ago. In 1983 saying same sex. That would have never. Oh, shit. That was 1983 biracial families. Dude, there weren't even a lot of those running around. We weren't like, oh, it's surrounded by a bunch of kids who were like oh my mom's white too my and then and then we had to go i went through a lot of life because we moved up to rural new york people saying what are you that was always a weird question oh. like icebreaker like that so what are you what the fuck what do you, <laughs> what do you mean I, I do have a you know i have a racial ambiguity ambiguity about me and i could a lot of times like i could tell someone i was puerto rican i could tell i could tell people i was a lot of different things but they would be like so what are you because when when we moved up north they weren't seeing mixed people. They 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 weren't seeing like like. And my hair is very, you know, one would say nappy. I have very curly, thick hair, and I love how he's using all these present tense. And words. people have you heard these present tense. And people would be like, "Who the fuck is it? like? What are you?" And that was like a question I got so much of. Was what are yeah. you? It's like fucking weird. That's crazy. Before we move, it's the thing with the uncle. This is interesting because it comes directly with parents. I've seen that before with uncles, like older kids 
getting uh, bitter about that. And I'm wondering from the parents' perspective, doing it again, or what you think about your what your parents did. Do you think that he was angry because you were sheltered and he saw it? Like, would you, do you think if his parents were like your parents told what was going on, maybe he wasn't like, was there any kind of resolution about what he was actually mad about exactly? Or you just think just the separation? No, no we, we talked about it. You know, we, we had a uh, recently, right? Yeah. yeah. So a <laughs> little background. I always have a little story, but uh, my dad is still alive. He's in Vermont and he could no longer take care of the house that he was living in. So he had to, we had to wrap that up, fix it a little put on the market and in order to do that my my brother and i had to be the ones so now it's like here we are 68 years old 70 year old all this time in between because he he went lived out west very disconnected from the family in general became very um you know politically a couple, a couple redded boards in his we're, life we're, we're, we're kind of on the different opposite ends of a political spectrum um and now we come together, you know, it could be like a, a good a murder movie, mystery yeah. or anything, you know, and we almost did come to blows. Actually, we came really close. Um, but he also he also said why he his beef really with my mom. Uh, and he never he never really uh, forgave he never, he never really forgave her. Like, right? He never forgave her. He never mm -hmm. forgave her. Um, and <laughs> those details, that is a pineapple. Yeah. Well, I think I think what happens is you become you become a teapot without a without a spout without a vent. Yeah, you know, and and oh, then sometimes thing. that gets like displaced. It goes elsewhere it, it, where it's not really guided towards. Right. But you do it to the people you feel closest to. And I got to imagine as your his, as your older brother, yeah. he was always very protective of you. You know, in okay. some sense, maybe you didn't well, probably, demonstrate it, probably, but uh, in ways that I didn't see exactly. Yeah, it's just or ways a, that didn't work well for me, right? And in, in, in certain, but ways. they also both kind of picked the parent. Mm. You picked mom, and he picked dad. Yeah, you, you yeah. picked the parent. Yeah, so he kind of felt like he, he felt sympathy for dad. Yeah, and you felt like, hey, mom didn't really do anything all that wrong. Yeah, and they each had their own nar narrative Man. about what the other one was. You know, my my mom felt my dad was distant and unaffectionate, and my my dad felt. That you mean a man from yeah. the 50s? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, like yeah. every man I heard from the yeah, 50s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's true. Basically true. But again, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess my uh, question, I guess, for parents is just like, you know, and this is said to me from parents, like kids are smart, man. They know. Oh, they like know. they know oh, they before fuck. anyone knows. And for parents, you have to ask yourself, like, is it good if we're raising children with two different experiences, whatever your problem is? Like that is a problem. It feels like, yeah, because yeah. then they start acting differently. Yeah, they mm -hmm. don't. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't I know. think that's what it comes down to. So, like, uh, you know, from what I'm hearing, your parents found a way to like stay together or at least give you the stability for 18 years. But for some people, that's not healthy. Like for my parents, that wasn't healthy. So for them, by the time I was two that decision had been made for them because yeah. they weren't in a position to be able to stay together and, and swallow the, that. The new normal is to bail. I think yeah. the new normal is where you yeah. go that way. I go that way. And we're going to have to do this differently. Yeah. So that, that's do you normal. think about that for big Al? I wonder like the modern perspective, which I think it's like the, the, the perspective you were coming from and what, you know, even Jay's generation stuff, his parents dealt with was like, stay for the kids. Do you guys think now, like, do you think that still holds up? Or do we think that, like, you got to do what's best well, Neil, for you because what'll be what's best is for the kids, right? I'll, I'll answer that one first yeah, up. Right? I had the opportunity to, like, bite the bullet and, and create a family for my daughter. Right. And I, and I, I declined. I'm not doing that. Right. I'm not going to be living, like, a hell-ish life. Yeah. Uh, for I'm not going to do that because I don't think it's good to put someone in that situation because like you said, kids are smart. You think you're tad dancing around and everything's right. good. Everything they can see it. They, they can, can see clear as day. They're like, yeah, they don't even like each other. Those two they're yeah. toxic assholes. And they don't mm -hmm. like. I don't like when they're both around me at the same time because right. they're so toxic. Well, my beef is yeah. that Pete, that kids were they, these kids were brought into the world by doing something you didn't have to do. So it's like, yeah. so I think if we're talking about anything, let's go back to the fact that. You know, people shouldn't, you know, there's plenty of other things you guys could be doing to get pleasure and to enjoy each other's company. And if you're going to do something that has the consequence of providing a child, then you you know, part smart. of me says you might need to buck it up and figure out what's best for that child. And mm -hmm. and if you're going to do something in that 30 seconds, that's going to commit you for 
a lifetime. You need to think. I think we need to talk more about that. I think that needs to things. I only last 30 seconds. I see where this is going. <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's right. you're an <laughs> what amateur. A, what a dig. What a dig you know? you're an, no, but I, I'm, I was speaking from my own personal experience. <laughs> no, no, you're, you, you are right. I think you're right. And I, when I meet like young people, young comics, just, and I'm talking to someone, and then you're talking to like a kid or something. He's talking about partying and this girl and that girl. I would say, don't fuck around and have a kid. Cause, cause you're going to put yourself in a situation where you feel that way. Yep. And then you feel this way. And then you have to make a decision that has real life, like mm -hmm. fucking ramifications. So I say all the time, like have fun. Don't fuck around and have a kid. And they always laugh. You know, 24, 20, <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'm like, you think that, but it doesn't take much. Like the biology is there. Like yeah. you, in one of you're going to have a fucking baby at some point. Yeah. <laughs> and don't, don't put yourself in that <laughs> yeah. situation, but, but you know, they'll figure it out on their own. Yeah, or they exactly. won't, you know? Yeah, that's the thing, you know, but that's part of it. Then you do that, and now you got to make a decision on how you're going to raise that kid. Yeah. Right? But it's yeah. A, yeah, it's an interesting idea. Sorry, I think I caught on. So you're going, you're going to move, divorce at eight um, yeah. Oh, yeah. from that, and then you're oh. going to move again, right? You're going to go upstate New York? I went up. Yeah. I was upstate. Right. He was still in Harlem. We were long distancing. <laughs> that was I was long distancing, God, was and that, was, that yeah, was horrible. That yeah. was a tough one. That was tough. Because we would get out of school. Sometimes we would get out of school on Friday, 3 o'clock, be in a car at 4.30, driving from upstate New York, like upstate New York, northeastern Pennsylvania, to Harlem for a weekend. So you show up there at 9.30 at night. You get like a day and a quarter, and then you come back. Oh, that was fucking right. Yeah, was and, and vice versa. The distance thing is, is I think that's running a lot of relationships and family. And people are kind of kidding themselves when they think, oh, I can be so many hours away and it'll be fine. I, nah, I don't recommend fair. that one. And that's, that's the, I missed out on so much of, of that, those years yeah. because I wasn't there and I would do the opposite trip on the weekend. And it was, it's, it sucked just as bad. I, yeah. I tried everything. I took a train, I took a plane, I took a bus, I drove. It doesn't really matter. It still takes seven, eight hours. Yeah. And then you get, and, and you get no credit from your kids for yeah. that right yeah. no, time. No, but no. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't have a relationship with my dad for that same reason. Like there was a period of time there where they tried to do every other weekend deal. He like, instead of being in Scranton where they both had me when I was born, then all of a sudden he's living in, you know, Susquehanna, which is like two hours. North. it's like, yeah. everything's like, and then all of a sudden it was all over the country. And by that point it was and then, just, then he was one weekend. No, no it's just one week. We're going to miss this weekend. Everything will be fine next weekend. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh, we missed two weekends. Next thing you know, it's like, yeah, I'll see you when I see you. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah, you call yeah. or do something. Yeah, it was just yeah. this and game it really for a just, while. Yeah. yeah, that for me was a sore subject, and it just became part where it was like, all right, you just wasn't part of my life, and 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 it were years. Even when we got married, my wife had tried to find him because she never met him through all the years we were together because really? he wasn't part of my life. Oh, shit. And so she tried to find him to invite him to the wedding as like a surprise. As uh, yeah, I guess as sort of uh, to try to be someone to mend that and it wasn't until we had our first kid like three or four years later that he had no we found shit. out he was in the area wow. uh, and had tried to mend that. And, uh, you know, it's still erratic and still not where it should be, but yeah. you know, you wonder if it'll ever get there. You hope, you hope, you hope you, it gets oh, you there. Like it but, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's tricky. And it, and it starts with the fact that you start separating yourselves and you're trying to, a lot of it's economics. A lot it of it's like, it I got to find a place that I can survive on myself. I got to get a job. Yeah. You know? It was totally, I mean, economics was a huge part of it because um, mom trying to do a medical practice in Harlem had, that just was not working at all. There wasn't like the economics to support yeah. it. And, um, you know, then we said, oh, you could go to, where's this place? Oh, you go to Pennsylvania and they'll pay you all this money and you can go fishing, hunting and golfing and live the, live that idyllic life. It's like. <laughs> We we and we we went around. We went we went to a place in Texas. Texas not as hell. Which, I you know, I, I don't even think about that from <laughs> from my mom's standpoint. It's like she's she was a New Yorker her entire life. Right, right. Oh yeah, yeah. She's a, she's a New Yorker born and bred. So she's getting on public transportation and there's bodegas and food. I mean, this was New York City. Getting divorced, two kids, and then moving to the polar opposite of New York City. I mean, we were in rural pennsylvania yeah like people we were it was so rural that people would show up to school with a dead deer in their truck that they shot that morning right yeah, yeah. like people don't understand yeah. it. Like dead blood deer <laughs> gun in the in the in the in the gun rack right. f-150 in the school parking lot and then they would go home with their dead deer yeah yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's how. So that's quite that rural. Yeah, and so someone who grew up in like that's called in, truck marinade. <laughs> when the rust really tenderizing the, yeah. the deer oh, a little okay. bit, really gets in there. Yeah, yeah but she, and then she's gone from you know. I think she's from the Bronx, Brooklyn. Yeah, and Bronx, then, Bronx and, Harlem. and then Harlem. And then now she's like in this place where there's nothing going on. And she got right. two kids who are, I guess, emotionally. I was pretty emotionally fucked up. I don't think Gabrielle was. My sister was that bad. I was pretty fucked up. It was tough for me. And then you're there. She's there. And it's like, here's our happy family. And it's like, not fucking happy. <laughs> it's true. I mean, that's that's the reality of it. And when we don't talk, like when you don't talk about it or. And it's so hard to talk about because there's shame and there's all those things you said. Yeah. Why do I want to bring that up? That's sure. then then the you want to bring it up because you want to not have a, a spout with no vent like and leave it to where your brother's at. And now you're coming to blows over something that really was just this was the only avenue of someone who understood all of who was there for all of it. Because you, you try to explain to someone who's you just met or who you met later in life and you try to give them the history. Like we're trying to give Ooh, a history yeah. in a, an hour segment here yeah. of like what it was like. And you're like, it's just too much. It's just so overwhelming yeah. oh, that it's, it's, so, yeah. it's gotta be microdose to properly <laughs> be true. like brought in. And it is, it's, but it's important to talk about. I think that's part of the reason we've done this podcast was, you know, yeah, we're comedians and all of that, but uh, you know, I, you know, tragedy, that's what comedy is tragedy plus time, you know? Yeah. So oh. it's like, that's a lot of, I think what, what happens here is you're processing stuff and then eventually it can become funny and we can laugh about it, but it's not until we've reconciled a little bit of it, you know? Oh yeah. I love yes. the modern family thing that they have going back in the fucking, like you were it's like, yeah, we're going to take this black Jewish family and yeah. move them. But like, it's yeah, yeah like yeah. that's insane. I still am hung up on the fact that like Al Albert's mother just told a non Seeing Jew <laughs> that they're gonna be Jewish, <laughs> they just looks at him like, "Hey, I'm gonna do some research. We're gonna figure out how to be Jewish real quick." Yeah, right. <laughs> just like what? Yeah, there was no Google back then, so you yeah. just Google. You yeah. had to actually find. And created and guess what? The Jewish part of my family was not ha at all happy with this oh, because they were like imagine. beyond reform, like super, like cultural Jews. Basically, oh, is what you were saying, right? Because she chose religious Judaism as yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. religious. I mean, I, I grew out a beard. I beard. You grew out I a beard and everything. A yarmulke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean this. It, this is what you do if you're really going to do it. That's right. Yeah. And then I would show up at a family thing, and they would say, "What the fuck is that? The fuck is this?" One of the things my grandfather, my Jewish grandfather, said, Dude, your dad, like he said, "You look like a schmo." Which is some <laughs> Yiddish word for like, you know, you don't yeah, look cool. A poser or whatever. Yeah, Maybe we did that. I don't know. And then, and then I remember the time I shaved off the beer, we went up to visit my father yeah, on is. Cape Cod, which is like wasp land. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There. And I'm uh, like, shalom. Shalom. <laughs> look at this. What do you think? What do you think? And then you, and you left there with no beard. I left there with no beard. Because it was just like, like, you know, I just shit was like, off. oh my God. Oh, he left there with a yacht. And, and, and like yeah, no beard, the sweater around the <laughs> neck. And, and mom, where one place where I drew a line, she wanted to move to Crown Heights. Yeah, oh, we had God, we had God. even looked at an apartment. I think we even said we'll take the apartment. And then I said, wait a minute, we're not taking that apartment. And the the guys that were renting it said, well, wait, you said you were going to take it. Now we have to go to a bet din, which is like a court uh, a that Jew, a Jewish outside court? of the yeah a Jewish court oh. to like resolve small, this like small claims <laughs> like small claims court oh we had a court like we had a, we had a court like that in the vet <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that was that I mean I that would have been almost like a, a feeling like getting swallowed into a, a, a cult because then you're you're really going to stay in that world and we're going to be like Hasidics like we weren't yeah yeah she wanted us to go full oh, on, get the full fuck on Hasidic jeez oh, thank thank I'm so glad there you go give me, yeah. <laughs> give me your fist bump he's like give me your oh yeah yeah bump. I'm so glad he's like I'm on that one wow uh, wow yeah I, I, but I, I but there's was there also like a level of like setting these kids up to be Jewish will help them in the long run, get yes. through corporate America, yes. get through this. And so it was a strategic, as much as it was it like was. a religious thing, it's also like strategic to be like, Oh, I had a bar mitzvah too. Your black mother was looking at the American culture as it was and was like, we got to make these kids make Jews. Them do it. Yeah. <laughs> we I got it. it. Right. But that was, that was what it was. I right? think so. I think she I think thought it was. it was in your best interest. I do believe that. I do believe yeah. that. This is like, yeah. Jay, do you have any stuff with your family? Sorry to interrupt. But like, cause my grandmother uh, told, like they wouldn't let them speak Italian. 
Like they were like, don't speak Italian. You need to be Americanized. But I don't know how far back. Do you have any heritage like that or anything? No, right? No, no, there's nothing. Came over on the Mayflower. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, the biggest things my parents like harped on was just like, what well, was one like my mom's always talked about like talking about stuff or like talking about feelings. Like don't. So like, I mean, if anything, right. they were trying to course correct from all of that other stuff to kind of be like, you know, what well, we know what does help. What does help right. is actually you know, talking about what you're feeling, especially because they knew I was going through it when I was like, my dad wasn't around and he was separating himself. The most important thing was let's not pretend it any more than we have to about. Right. Things. But yeah, no, we yeah, didn't have anything right. cultural that was like, gotcha. you know, I was being raised Catholic. I was an altar yeah. boy. I was in Catholic school. I was doing all of those things, but that was just because we grew up in an area. That's what you did. And sweeten the pot a little bit on your side because they were they even at all cat like cult right yeah my mom grew up very Catholic okay, uh, right, Colleen right. was like she grew up like Baptist and she had actually an interesting life because she was from Australia and then she'd met a guy and they he was an army guy so they were all over the world in different bases in Spain and you know she had five kids with him so like she had lived a life and seen a lot of different cultures so I think for her she was just more about uh, things that felt right rather than like worrying about being a sect of a religion let's just make sure we're a good person like let's let's worry about being a human being uh rather than worried about like you yeah, know having a name the denomination, whatever. but yeah. baptist was what she most identified gotcha. with yeah okay. but i mean so how are you guys dealing with it from that point so the travel is rough it's going back and forth and then what was decided what did you guys end up doing I think we just kind of wrote it out the best possible way. Um, yeah, till you were oh, till you got of age or whatever. Like, so yeah, it was just yeah. it was just long distance parenting for a long time. Gotcha. Um, it got rocky for me because I felt and Jay probably felt the same way. I, I felt a little like neglected by my old man. I felt like I wasn't that important, and um, that was tough, you know. And uh, yeah, I guess you figure it the fuck out, you know. You keep on moving, but that I had about a three year period where I was I was probably an angry individual. You could call me like an angry person. I had a gotcha. very big chip on my shoulder, and a lot of it was directed towards you. Sorry to, to be the bearer. <laughs> and then um, then I got to a certain age where I was like, you better stop being mad all the fucking time. And people are trying to like you and be friendly. And then I started making a stronger effort to be connected with your his entire side of the family because right. I like wasn't even like plugged in yeah. with that side of the family. Then I was like, man, you better just get over it because you don't have a lot of time. What are you going to be angry at these people for the rest of your life? And then, uh, you know. Yeah, that's an know. important point nice. because I, I I feel very disconnected to my dad's side of the family. Like yeah. where I have these cousins and we we occasionally met Facebook message something that we know the other person likes on there. But like we're not getting our kids together and we live yeah. like three miles from each other. Oh, like, wow. And it's like it just it never my aunt had just passed away recently. It's so like I just, you know, I moved down to this area because I thought by being closer to them, it would happen. And it never, Didn't when work. my grandma passed away, I, well, my grandma passed away as I was going to be enrolling in her sinus. So I came down because to be closer to her. And I think she was thought, thinking she would be the glue because we always, that's where I knew yeah. them from was going yeah. to grandma's house. And when those people in your life go away, you realize it's really hard to keep a family Fuck together yeah. if they're not used to being together. If you're not making that concerted effort on Sundays to spend family time and whoever it is, that's why the pandemic happened. The the family, my family is the people that are in my house. Like that's the people that I care for and I'm going to take care of. And, you know, when we think about stuff like we're planning our Thanksgiving right now, we're just, it's going to be us and we're just going to go away. We've started this trend of like us going away. Cause at the end of the day, like that's, that's my your crew. family. Yeah, you got a crew. You That's get it, into yeah. this extended family and now everybody, you're ending up at seven different homes. You don't feel like you belong in any one no, of them. No, you and end up and at then one you house leave too, saying like, am I like, was I part of this family? Did I have to pretend I was somebody for 40 minutes at this house and some different, yeah. and I'm like, ah, do I have to worry about if I look a different way and they're not going to accept or, oh, you're doing comedy. Oh, you're away from your family. Like yeah. you don't want to deal with all that stuff. You want to be who you, your true self is and you want to, be around the people who uh who you care the most about you know mm -hmm. that's pretty much it yeah that's very 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 true well, yeah I, I mean i do something a little I, I have my own version of family glue and it's more like a like a needle and thread i guess because i i travel up and down from vermont new hampshire massachusetts um philadelphia baltimore, baltimore. Even, even got into dc and also goes to miami because that's where 
the people in my family are, and we really don't get together as one big right. group anywhere. And I, I, you make so my effort. version is I just go kind of make the rounds because I'm retired and I have a car and I I can do that. That's really good. I like that though. Yeah. That, that is that right. Yeah. That's that is a it really nice works thing for about me. you. Yeah, you put in that effort because there's a lot of people who are like I'm not doing it. I'm old. You should be coming to me. He get gets in the car and he's like, okay, I'm gonna go see your sister now. And then he just drives to Baltimore and then he'll come back up here. And then I'll go to Vermont and just. I kind of hear stories a little bit about what people are doing. I kind of bring a little bit of news. I don't know. That's it works, cool. it kind of works I like that. Yeah. I, I, we, my, we had a close family friend who was not really part of our family, but I called him Uncle Smitty. And that's sort of what he did. He was like the one who he would always go around and be on, you know, whoever's house that weekend. It was just such a, I remember lighting up when I knew he was coming yeah. and oh. like they visiting and he would always bring an extra suitcase with like movies, like sometimes movies I wasn't allowed to watch, but some were just like fun ghost ghostbusters. Yeah. And, and he would have card tricks and we'd play games and everything was a little bit different because there was an extra person in the house. So that can be a lot of fun too, when there's, uh, you know, someone coming around on a, at a regular interval, but not yeah, necessarily yeah. like, yeah. And that's what we do. We play Scrabble. We play cards. We eat mm -hmm. edibles. Like we yes. do have a good time. <laughs> When he's, awesome. when oh, he's around, we do. Oh, I love, I love the edibles and, and, and the other ones too. <laughs> when he's around, we we have a good time. We don't just sit around yeah, looking at each sure. other like we we enjoy oh, yeah. each other's yeah. We have a good time. Start strong and strong. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. so there you go. That's what good. you got, man? You, you get the last word. Oh, we're we'll come down. Well, I think we're about we're about there, aren't we? Yeah, we're at. The yeah, end. we're about there. We're about there. Um. I was going to ask him about Thanksgiving. Oh, thing, no. Oh, I thought Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Well, the Thanksgiving thing is, is interesting because I, I think we touched on it, but I want to make sure we kind of solidify the um, keeping a connection with a family because we kind of talked about that, the, you know, that personal connection that we try to keep. You guys try to keep and very, you know, it, sometimes it, it breaks apart. But even with the traveling that Jay's doing, you're doing stuff like that, you guys have families, you know, you got to hear that or this is just out there. But like now we have things like FaceTime. So it's, do you guys think that you can solidify the connection, right? That's what you want to do. You want to solidify, make that time for each other. And then with technology now that you didn't have <laughs> big Al, mm -hmm. but you can, you know, FaceTime, you're doing all that stuff. If you are away and you're saying, Hey, what's going on with you? You know what I mean? You have that ability now. Like, do you think that's a huge thing? You know, you're going to make sure that's rolled into it, but of course, always keep that core time, keeping the connection. It has to be important, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got to. Well, FaceTime's cool, but you're still, I get you're it. still right. missing that energy I'm of sure. like, you know what I mean? So, and I, I do a lot of FaceTiming because right. I'm non-custodial, right? So, and it's cool to see someone's face and hear the laugh, but it's not the same as being sure. there with them and like feeling their vibes and their energy. So, but you, you do what you got to do. Right. Yeah. That's, well, that's, how, that's how my wife contacts me when I'm on the road with the girls, like to say goodnight or wherever. Oh, okay. It's always FaceTime. So when I see a FaceTime video pop up, I know it's because my girls are involved and it's like, yeah. they want to say hi. So like the part of that is kind of cool that, that exists and it's not just like handing them the phone yeah. and it's them on their ear. It's like, I can see them. They can, you know, right. show me the ceiling, even though they think they're showing me whatever they think. Yeah, they're yeah, showing me. Always pointed out, it's like a <laughs> but, and we do that, you know, we had done that with my dad for a bit for a while for the girls. We sort of stopped doing that, but for a while we were, he's in Spain. So we were trying to like keep a connection with that. It happened for a while and then I kind of fell off, but I think sometimes it's, it's good. It serves a better purpose, but having intentional time, whether it's once a year or whether it's, you know, I think is important. I think as long as you're having, you're using all of the possible things at your disposal, I think is the best. I, I, I would say fine. And finally wrap but, um, and not to be too, you know, swarmy, but I am a dad. I'm very proud of that. Albert goes and puts in that time with his daughter and, and, and he, he's very, very diligent about that. I know how important it is and you can see it in her. And then from a strategy point of view, it's a little hard for me to see Albert's daughter because uh, you know, it's like, well, I got to pass through the mom. The mom is putting up all these things. And I get, and then what I've finally figured out is like, there's another family member who I can go directly to and I can just show up at their place and I see them. I don't have to make it into a big deal right. and I can do it. And and it seems to it seems to work. So I think people have to just find ways around to, yeah. to get those connections and keep them. I think I wonder, Al, I'm sure for you, too, it's very important for you to have that relationship with your daughter because, you know, what I was feeling like there's probably a piece oh, yeah, of that yeah, for yeah, you. That's like, I'm going to make sure that I I do the things that maybe I'm, I thought were lacking. I'm very seldom late. I'm, I, I, I don't say I'm going to do things that I don't do like those are because those are big for me, like not being on time, feeling like you weren't important enough to be on time for saying something and then finding a reason to not do it. I really, 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 really 
don't want to be that person. Yeah. I, want, I want her to, and she knows, like, she knows I'm going to be there. I should, and I should say they, because Skylar's is my daughter also. They know that I'm going to be there. They, they know. And, and if maybe, maybe once or twice I can think of, I was a little late. I get, I get that FaceTime. Are you on your way? Yeah. Why are you not here? Yeah. And I go, oh, well, it's summertime and it's not two o'clock. It's actually one o'clock, but you guys don't realize because you're not at school, but I'm on my way. Yeah. You know, it's so, important to do that because I think it feeds in. I know for mine, like, you know, I never, my dad would often send friends throughout the years to contact me to tell me how much I meant to him. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how much, how much that, that pissed, pissed me off. the fuck oh, off. Oh, right? God. I couldn't tell you if I had a nickel for every time somebody would randomly contact me and tell oh, me just how God. much I mean to my dad. I'm like, well, dude, I can't. You, you who I don't know telling me is Has doing stuff. You are digging a bigger grave for this thing than you even yeah. realize. So, and like not having being able for him to say those emotions to me, I bump into my daughter in the house. I can't tell you how many times I tell her I love her in a day. It's oh obscene. God. Like yeah. it's almost like I wonder if I'm doing it too much. Because like I, you know, I, I just like get like, in your room. I love you. Yeah. Yeah. Get in your room. I love think you. About, get in your room. Think about how much I care. I was like, I was like, yeah, but like, because I'm like overdoing it because I'm overcompensating. <laughs> but like, uh, but it's you know, but it's when I, I just wanna, you wanna do what you wanna do what you think was lack, and I think that's the beauty of parenting. We're never gonna do it all right. No, but. We are giving them examples of what to do, but we're also giving them examples of what not to do. <laughs> and that's 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 the give and take of it all. You know, we're not going to be perfect, you know, um, and you can only be a human doing so much, but you can be a human being and really think about uh, the effect you have because they're going to remember how you made them feel. Right. They're yeah, not going to remember what no. you did. They're not going to remember how much part. the toy costs. They're not going to remember how long. It's how I felt when I was around my dad, my mom. Yeah. family that's that's really what it is yeah and that's important yeah um well guys you would typically a uh, beautiful conversation thank you so much uh you guys want to this will be out you know you guys know when it'll be out it'll be awesome. yeah, next week tweet. you guys want to <laughs> yeah push anything out yeah, there or anything in. to plug um i'll be at soul joel's next week i'll be at soul joel's next week um i'll be at soul joel's before that but no one will see that i'll be up at wisecrackers comedy club there in scranton around your way and uh I think I'll be somewhere in New York, but I can tell you about that one next week. So yeah, so. yeah, I, I'm going to be in the Milton Theater on uh, October 6th. I'm going to be somewhere in Wilmington on the 7th, hosting a clean comedy thing, which is really cool. I've been doing a lot with uh, uh, helping other people kind of write clean comedy, which has been a lot of fun. So I'm doing a, a show in Wilmington on the 7th. You could check that out at Jay Yoder Comedy on all the platforms. And yeah, that's a deal. Yeah, and then of course Albert, senior big I'm going to be uh, working on a fixer upper house down <laughs> in Middle River, New Jersey, <laughs> no Middle River, Maryland, for uh, a couple of weeks. If you need to find me, you know you, you want to give him a hand. <laughs> He'll text you as you want to come down and work. He'll probably get a couple rounds of golf, and we got to get some golf. And oh yeah, so we'll play yeah. a little golf yeah, with my we, old man. Yes, uh, maybe go see the nieces and nephews and his grandkids on the other side. My sister's children. And uh, probably something for Laney May's birthday, which is Scott Laney's Scott's oh, birthday is coming up in a couple okay. weeks, Grandpa. Okay. Mm-hmm. There well, also there trying to do a plug. Also, you can check out Albert on the uh, Lone Stakers podcast. Uh, if, you, if you like crypto stuff, yeah, absolutely check out that too because he's also knows a ton about that stuff too, which so is make crazy. you rich. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no drop 10 dozen pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Lone Stakers. But yeah, anyway. Uh, Jay's on his phone, which means we're done. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> it's all good. Baby boy's got a lot going on. Thanks, guys. Seriously, Dad. Peace. Hey, thank you. Thank you for listening to the dads for once. Give these daddies a break and maybe follow, subscribe, like, and comment to the dads on Instagram and YouTube at Seriously Dad Pod. Rate and review Seriously Dad Podcast on Spotify iTunes, Amazon Music, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Seriously, lad. How you doing? This is Neil Wood from the Cult of Us podcast. Speaking on behalf of Drop 10 Media Network, the network you're currently listening to. Make sure to check out all the other podcasts on the network. You can go to drop10.com to check them all out. Make sure to like, subscribe on everything that you see Drop 10 on. We appreciate it. Go to drop10.com now. This has been a Drop Tent Media Production.